come because you call us to come. We come here because of Jesus, because of what he accomplished on the cross. We come when we come before the King of kings and the Lord of lords who breathes life uh, into each and every one of us. And we just want to honor you, Father. We just want to give you glory, give you the praise, give you all that there is, because you are amazing. Your love is just beyond comprehension. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we're not alone. Thank you that you promised to never leave, never forsake us. Thank you that you're always with us. And Father, as we come into this place, Father, we, we come with all that we are. We may be having a season in life at the moment where we're, there are so many joys. It's just, wow. Or actually, Father, we may be deep in that valley and there, uh, there are obstacles. There's, there's mud, there's mire, there's rain, there's cold, there's... We feel that we're struggling. And yet, Father, the love of Jesus is for all of us. When we're on a mountaintop, you celebrate with us. You laugh, you, you dance in the sunshine with us. And when we're deep in the valley, and all we might feel is sorrow and tears, you sit beside us, you put your arms around us, and you cry with us. Because you promise in your word that you will never leave, you'll never forsake. You will never abandon. Yeah, so Father, we come and we bring our lives. And we say, Father, just speak. Our spirits are open, our minds are open. We're willing to hear from you on this Sunday. Father, as the, the children are, and young people, we can hear them, Father, having fun. Father, just speak into their young lives in a way that's meaningful and relevant to them. Thank you for Red Balloon and for the work that they do. Father, just speak about the life that Jesus offers to all of us, regardless of our age. And Father, for us here, Father, just minister. Pour out your spirit. Speak to hearts, I pray. And for your son, Jesus, we ask all of this and so much more. Good morning. Today marks... A day of newness. We all like new things. We like new clothes. Guys, do you know what it's like when you put on a new pair of socks? Something about new socks. I was listening to somebody a few years ago and uh, somebody on the radio and they said, you know, if what they said, and what would you do if money was no object? He said, if money was no object, I'd put on a new pair of socks every single day. And I'd throw the other ones out or give them to charity. Because there's nothing like putting on a new, I don't know what it is, about a new pair. Once they've been washed once, so it's normally after the first day. But not always, let's be honest. But, you know, there's nothing like a, just a new pair of socks. But we like new things, we like new clothes and uh, new shoes and new restaurants and new recipes and new opportunities in life, even new relationships are wonderful. Five years ago, uh, as a family, we, we bought a first time ever, because we got such a good deal, we bought a, a brand new car. Wow. And it was shiny. 
and it was, it was wonderful and I was a bit, bit too precious over it and I washed it almost every other day. It was, I didn't like if it was raining, I was, I was shouting at God, my car's getting wet. It was, it was just beautiful and the children, I said, please take your shoes off before you get into the car. I just, and you know what kids are like, this was five years ago, so our son was, was one you know, and our, our, our daughter was four, and they just, they just, they just drop things, don't they, kids? You know, and it was little Cheerios and things and chocolate and wrappers, and oh, it used to drive nails into me, and then they'd get in and they'd scuff something, or they'd have, five years down the line, it's not new anymore, I can't remember the last time I washed it, if I find something that's been there for a few years, I'll just blow the dust off it, and yeah, it tastes all right, you know. You, you, you lose that, that sense of that newness. It runs well, but it's a bit, the novelty's gone, it's a bit tired. You know, and this week I got a call from the garage who sold us the car, that I still take it to have it serviced. And he was telling me, he said, he said Mr. Dolson, your, your car is five years old. It's time, for a, it's time for a change. You could do with a new car. We've got such amazing deals this time of year. And if you come for that, he went on and on and on. And my wife, Jen, was sat next to me. And he said, and if you buy this new car, we'll give you a £1,000 worth of fuel and a £1,000 to spend on anything that you want to. He said, well, are you going to come? I went, no. He said, why don't you want to buy a new car? What's stopping you? I said, money? <laughs> I have to pay. Oh, undeterred, he carried on. We offer amazing finance deals because we all like new things, he kept saying. He kept using that word, new, new car. It will smell lovely. It will, it will look lovely. And he kept on and on and on. I said, no, but I'm really not interested. And my wife said, we tell him if he wants to give us the car, we'll have it. So I said to him, well, actually, my wife has just said, we'd love a new car. And you obviously value a new car, so if you want to give us a new car, I'll come to your open evening and we'll accept it. He politely drew the conversation to a close and I've never heard from him again. But we like new things. But the new things we, we have become old very quickly. And then we search, don't we, for the, the next new thing. We... Most of us have, have got these. You know, we've got smartphones or mobile phones and you've got your contract that's a year or 18 months or two years and at the end of it, it's, you get an email, it's time for an upgrade. <laughs> it's time for the next new thing. And you think, oh, I've got to get a new one. Nothing wrong with the old one. <laughs> but I feel I need to get a new one. And we, we're always wanting new things. We're now in the season of spring. Going into, well, going into summer. And when I wrote this sermon, it was a case of we hope that the snow is all well and truly behind us. But they tell us that next weekend, Easter weekend, we might have some more snow. And it'll be wintry again. And I don't like, I don't know you, I don't like losing an hour in bed. But I do love how light it will be at six o'clock this evening. And I love it because it speaks of newness. It speaks of new life that we will celebrate next weekend and the new life that we walk in 
with Jesus. And the idea of this time of year is that as we enter, the clocks have changed and the, the dark nights are gone and it's a little bit lighter. We walk out into a new season that brings freshness and life to the soul. And you see, the newness that God offers you and me is, is far better than a new car or any other new thing that the world offers. Maybe you're sat here this morning and you, you look at your life and you look at your walk with God and, and it all feels a bit like my car. <laughs> Five years old. It's got a lot of scuffs on it. It's got a few miles on the clock. It's a bit tired. It's a bit dusty. And we try ourselves to, to breathe new life into our lives, new life into our walk with God, into our faith. And very often we do that by clinging on to the past and we think a renewing will mean doing the same things we once did. But the newness that God has for us sees us walking in paths that we've never walked in before. Today is, is Palm Sunday. I'm going to read that biblical account of that first Palm Sunday in a moment. But before I do that, I, wanna, I also want to read from Isaiah 43. I love, uh, I love Isaiah 43. I love the start of Isaiah 43 where, where the prophet talks about, where God says, I've called you by name and you're mine. When you go through struggles, when you go through deep waters, you won't drown. When you go through fires of oppression, you won't be burnt. And he, he's talking to the Israelites in, in, in exile. And, and in, you go on in, in verse 43, and the Israelites are in exile in Babylon. They've longed to go home. And through the prophet Isaiah, God reminds them of some of the great things that he did in the past. And he says, you know, he, he opened the Red Sea, allowing Moses to lead the people safely across to the other side on dry ground. And then when they were safely across, God closed the sea on all of the Egyptian opponents. That's a pretty cool thing to happen. Not if you're an Egyptian, of course, but, you know. I don't mean, I've never seen a sea part. <laughs> never. And to be able to part a sea, to see the miraculous God parting the Red Sea and, and keeping the water. Can you imagine what it would have been like as an Israelite getting to the banks and thinking, we're doomed. And then through Moses, God brings that miraculous parting of the Red Sea and you just walk through with the, the walls of water either side and you walk through on safety. That just blows your mind, doesn't it? And God says, while that blew your mind, that is, that's, that's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. Nothing. And so we read from Isaiah 43, verses 18 through to 21, we read, but forget all that, he says. Yes, I parted the Red Sea, but he says, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. 
This morning, if we were to have a title, it would be Renewed. And I want us to home in on verse 19 of that passage where God says, for I am about to do something new. Message paraphrase says, I am about to do something brand new. God is telling his people that he's about to to do something brand new to end the exile. And the struggle that they currently know is not going to last. And not only that, God mentions the pardon before before verse 18. He mentions uh, about the, the pardon of the Red Sea because he knows that they think that's pretty amazing. If you had been alive when that had happened, that's a story that you would have passed down. You would be telling your children. You would be, it would always be there. He said, it's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. But you see, maybe for them, they hadn't seen God move in an amazingly new way for such a long time. And God wanted to remind them of what he has done and how amazing that was. But look, I'm still God. And so I can do something new again. And the new that I'm going to do again is going to blow your mind. You know, this was God saying, look, don't don't forget your past. But don't allow your past to control your future and your present. God was telling them to look forward in faith, for he was about to do something new. Have you ever, if you're a parent, When your children were young, or maybe they're still young, have you ever uh, teased them? Sort of by saying, you know, next week, I'm not going to tell you, but, but next week as a family, we're, we're going somewhere, or we're going to do something, or, or we've got something coming, a, a present, or a, a, wow. And you start to build that excitement, that expectation. And as a kid, you know what they're like, because we've all been children. And they're like, oh, I'm just beside myself. It's a bit like Christmas, where you've got your advent calendar that just counts down from 1 down to 24, Christmas Eve. And the excitement builds, because they know they're going to get something new. And it's as if God is saying that. I see what you had in the past. Did all of that. But but guys, I'm going to do something even better. And he's building that excitement within them. Because he's a God who renews. And he spoke about bringing rivers in the dry wasteland. Just as God saying he was going to bring a refreshment to their life. Not only was he going to bring an end to the exile, but he was going to bring life out of a place that had no life. There was a wasteland that was dry, dusty, and pretty dead. And God says that while it may look like that now, I'm going to create something that is vibrant and life-giving. For that is what water is. It it gives life. You know, we all know that you can survive, is it, three weeks without food. Some of us are thinking, no, I couldn't. (laughs) But you can only survive three days, apparently, without water. 
because it's water, not food, it's water that gives life. And when there is water, there's life, and it draws in life from around. That's why God's talking about when he says, you know, even the wild animals are going to thank me. And I love the fact that he doesn't say, if you read that passage, he doesn't say, I'm going to bring water back to those dry riverbeds. He says, I'm going to create new rivers in the dry waste. And he's going to carve something new out of whatever is dry and dusty. And whatever is dead, God is going to create something new out of it that's never been seen before. And you know, that's, I love that. I think that's a real encouragement to us because often in our lives we can feel stuck. We can feel that all is lost. We look at our church life and we can feel that it wasn't maybe what it used to be and we can get despondent. But today God wants to speak right to the heart of that and says, look, I'm about to do something brand new. I'm about to create something new. I'm not just going to bring something, you know, I'm not just going to refresh. I'm going to renew. I'm going to create something brand new out of things. Something amazing. That's what the ride into Jerusalem on a donkey was all about. It was God doing something new. We read from John. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. This was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they'd heard about this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. Friends, it was a springtime Sunday in about the year 30 AD. The holy city of Jerusalem was crowded with pilgrims who had come home for the annual Passover celebration. The Passover holiday was ultimately a celebration of freedom and the story of the exodus from Egypt. It was a powerful testament of what God can do and had done. And yet today, God was saying, look, I'm about to do something new. Something you've never seen before. I'm about to create rivers in the wastelands. Jesus has spent many months traveling through the towns and villages of Palestine. He preached about the kingdom of God and healed the sick wherever he went. Now the time had come for him to claim his title as the Messiah, the Savior that God had promised to the Jewish people. You know, in Isaiah that we read, it might be about how God was going to overthrow the Babylonian Empire, but the ultimate new thing that God was going to do was the amazing rescue plan he had in mind through his son Jesus. And now as we come to today and the start of what the church calls Holy Week, this brand new thing, it's nearing its fulfillment. Jesus knew his mission was almost finished. As they traveled to Jerusalem, Jesus had warned his disciples that he would soon be put to death and after three days he would rise again. He was telling them that a new season is coming. The clocks have changed. 
You may have lost an hour, but the sun is shining. It's a bit lighter. There's a newness in the air. So you have Isaiah telling them that God was was saying he was about to do something brand new. You have the ultimate fulfillment of everything new. Riding on a donkey into Jerusalem with people shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. And even the way Jesus entered Jerusalem as the people's king was near. He knew they were expecting a display of power that met with their understanding of power. But Jesus wanted to show them a brand new king, brand new kind of power that wasn't built on force or energy and fighting. You know, I think this morning we can link the Isaiah and the John passage. You see, maybe you have seen God move powerfully in the past in a certain way on while that's wonderful, the problem is we can fail. We think we've seen all that God has to offer. Let me say something. The fact that you're here might not be awake, <laughs> but you're breathing. And if you're still alive, it means you haven't seen all of what God's got to offer you yet. Amen? Two of you agree, that's fine. If you are still alive, if you are still, even if you feel at times that you're clinging on with your fingertips, if you are still walking with Jesus, you have not seen everything that God can do. Because you're not in glory. You're here. Tomorrow morning, you're, you're going to work, or you're doing this, or you're doing that. I've seen God, as I'm sure you have, I've seen God do some amazing things in my life in the last 47 years. While I'm still here. And the moment I get to the point where I think and feel I have seen all there is to know of God, I am putting myself on a level with God, and that's just called arrogance and stupidity. Because God always has more. The people were expecting Jesus to, to come on a mighty white horse with, with men and in armor on, on big horses behind him with spears and, and swords and they would be shouting and jeering and frothing at the mouth and we're going to overrule every, all this Roman Empire. We're going we're gonna to kick them out. They were, that's what they were expecting and Jesus, Jesus comes in. Not even on a horse, on a colt or a donkey, a, a, a young thing. He just says it's going to be different. And it reminds me that I need to, to just, I need to expect things of God, but I need to let go of how I think that's going to happen. You know, maybe you know somebody that's sick and you've been praying for healing for them, but you know what? You prayed for healing for somebody in the past and it didn't happen, so you come and you carry that into that situation and you bring an expectation that, yeah, I know God is God, but he didn't do it before. Or maybe you're searching for something, you're searching for a new job, a new career, and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying. Deep down, 
think it's going to be business as usual in the same old, same old. Maybe you come to church on a Sunday. I don't know what expectations you come into church with, but maybe you come into church and you're thinking, you know what, it's going to be about, we're going to have a couple of songs, and it's going to be the kids, and it's going to be that, and it's going to be this, and then we're going to have Andre do a sermon, and then we're going to have our tea and our sandwiches, and we're going to go home. Have you ever thought, as we come into this place today, that maybe God just wants to shake the world? Do something completely brand new. Because God is a God who created. I want to encourage you tonight at six o'clock. Just go outside. Just go outside at six o'clock and think, wow. It's not it's not dark. Please don't disappoint me now, God, okay? You know. I've got the time wrong, you know. Wow. And I want you to allow that to speak into your very soul. That God is a God who doesn't just do new things. God is a God who creates new things where we would look at it and think there is nothing. All hope is lost. There is nothing that can be created out of this. There is nothing new. There is nothing good that can come out of this. And when you see that it's still light at six o'clock and you think of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and just blowing everybody's minds because what on earth is he doing coming in, riding on that? Where's the big horses? Where's the chariots? What's going on here? And you remember the, the the, the, the Israelites in exile in Babylon and you know, a little while ago, Jesus said to me, you know, you've got to lay down roots. You're going to be there for at least 70 years. And he's like, no, I just, I want something new. And God says, you might think that all is lost. And you might think it's a wasteland. And you might think I should be on a big horse, but I'm not. I'm on a little horse. But I'm about to create something What you've seen in the past that was just a just a warm up act. That that's you know, that's that's all that was. It's a bit like, you know, I'm of an age where we used to go to the cinema and there would be a there'd be a short film before the actual film. And you might think that was really great, that was good. But actually, it was nothing compared to what was about to come. And as we start this journey down towards Easter, there's a familiarity to Easter. If you've been part of the church for any length of time, you've gone to umpteen Good Fridays and Easter Sundays. speak to your heart so that you can be different this week because I'm going to create something brand new and friends maybe maybe you feel in life you maybe feel you're stuck
see there has been no loss. I'm about to see something great. Lying coated with robe in detail. Follow Jesus on the donkey. Not questioning what on earth should we do with Jesus. To follow him on the donkey with an expectation in your spirit that gives an excitement that says, wow, I think you're about to see and experience something new in Christ. But I guarantee you, I don't know you, but I guarantee you, if you allow him, God will do something new, will create something new, will show you something new of him because what I do know of God is that you haven't seen it all yet. You haven't. It's about a relationship, isn't it? I'm in a relationship with my wife. We've been married for 13 years. There are still things that surprise me about her every day. There are things that surprise her about me, but not always in a good way as well. But because we're growing, we're we're developing with each other. I don't know how you came to faith. I don't know when you gave your life to Jesus. Maybe you haven't yet. But what I do know is if you will give your life to him, he will create something new. And if you have given your life to him, do you know what? You've got to go, there's more to know. And he'll create rivers in the dry waste. So on this Palm Sunday, I just want to encourage you, wherever you are in life, especially if you just feel a bit, you know, worn out and tired and just think, oh, come on, God, what are you doing? I just want to encourage you. God says, hang on a minute. It's not going to be like a new car, a shiny new car. It's just going to breathe life into you as an individual and therefore breathe life into you as a church and walk in his way. Let's pray. Father, I just want to, <coughs> I want to thank you that, uh, that you're amazing. I just want to thank you that You're a God who is, is always doing new things. You're a God who, who promises that you will do new things. Father, because in your word, it's about new things right from the, the, the beginning of the world where we read about Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden before the fall and, and everything was wonderful and new and vibrant and life-giving. All through your, your word, Father, Old Testament and New Testament, you, then with the fulfillment of the prophecies as of old with Jesus, you're all about doing new things. Paul talking about being a, a new creation. It's all about new. So, Father, if we have got to a point where it's business as usual, same old, same old. Father, we, this morning, we, this day, we're sorry. And we want to re 
We want our faith, we want our walk with you to be renewed, for it to be vibrant, living and active. We want our church to be renewed, to be vibrant, living and active. And Father, we cling on to you, we claim that promise that you are going to create something amazing in us. And so Father, we offer ourselves and we say, whatever it is, we're here. And we will accept you and we'll walk with you because you are a God who works by the power of your spirit through the love of your son. Bless you.